Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are recording. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital. We are a digital marketing agency that helps law firms grow their practice. Today, I have a guest coming out of Chicago, Jim Coogan. Welcome to the show. It's nice to be here, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. So you're in Chicago area. I'm on the East Coast. I think we're an hour difference in time. Got a great day ahead. I'm sure you do too. So we want to get right into it. Tell us the Jim Coogan story. So uh, tell us more about, you know, really what kind of triggered you at what point in your life where you're like, I'm going to be an attorney and uh, walk us through that process and kind of your journey of, of getting to where you are today. So origin story part of it, I think there's probably two components. At one point in time, I fancied myself as somebody who wanted to go to medical school. Back in high school, I, I, I liked biology, but then I think once I realized everything that went into going to medical school, I had some second thoughts. And then when I went to college, I was out at Boston College, the, the subject that really engaged me the most was philosophy. Took a bunch of courses in that and then ended up double majoring. I was taking business courses, but I didn't love them. And the philosophy part of it really engaged something about my curiosity about how the world works. And there are a limited number of things you can do with a philosophy degree other than maybe teach philosophy to other people. So then I started to think about what, what other direction could I take this? And so that's why I started looking at law school, because at some point I recognized that you can pr practicing as a lawyer is a career, but understanding how the law works really is, it engages those same interests in how does the world work? How do people interact? How do we resolve disputes? And so when I tried to figure out where I was going to take the law degree, the interest in medicine kind of dovetailed into working in the personal injury world where every single one of our clients has some kind of medical issue going on. So, you know, ultimately I didn't understand it right away, but once I became a, an injury lawyer and started representing these clients, every single day, there are records to read. There's doctors to talk to. Uh, some of our cases are medical malpractice cases. So there has to be some fundamental understanding of those medical issues, or you really can't effectively represent these clients. So those two, I guess it was curiosity about the world and, and medicine that kind of fit together into this particular career path. I love kind of how everyone's story is different and, and all kind of comes together. And, you know, they went into one thing and then they ended up eventually where, where they are today. But I, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday. He was an attorney, a patent attorney. And, you know, he went, he was an engineer and went to school, you know, basically he was a scientist and an engineer and found himself not knowing really what to do, you know, became a patent attorney. Cause someone's like, well, if you're an engineer, you're a scientist, you should be a patent attorney. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's what he did. And so uh, that's, and his dad was one and his brother and whatever, but just interesting kind of, you know, his curiosity took him one direction and he was able to pair that up with something else that, you know, he could, he could do. So 
really interesting. So, so you got uh, your firm is uh, we'll put the website address down here, uh, but DwyerCoogan.com. If you guys can check that out, if you're listening, tuning in, it's DwyerCoogan.com. Uh, learn more about uh, Jim's practice and his company, his culture. So check out his website. So what are some of the specialties of the firm? And then what is, you know, you personally, what, what, are, you know, what practice areas do you really specialize in? So our injury practice is, is sort of broad in the sense that we, we do handle workers' compensation cases that are on, if you want to call it that, the easier end of the spectrum in terms of it's certainly not the same level of intensity as full-blown litigation. There's no discovery. The trials are not, you're not selecting a jury. In Illinois, it's, a, it's an arbitrator process. We have kept that practice as part of the business, partly because sometimes that can be, they can just be easier cases to work on in terms of they can resolve simpler. If, if things are smooth, yeah. then somebody gets hurt, they get their benefits, we make sure we manage that process, make sure they get their medical treatment, make sure they know their rights, and then guide them through settling the case. And that can be kind of a complementary business to everything else that we do, uh, because the rest of it includes transportation liability. We've gotten an increase in the number of nursing home cases that we've worked on. Unfortunately, it's it's a tough area of the law in the sense that the United States has a, there's been a cultural change over the last 20 or 30 years. There's so many more people that are living longer and needing more intensive care towards the end of their lives, but they're not always getting it. So, you know, the way that we intervene there is we're, unfortunately, there are situations where there has been neglect where somebody's there have been there's fall issues there's skin care issues there's nutritional issues mm-hmm. uh, so we've grown that part of our practice uh, in the last couple of years and we also handle the more complicated medical malpractice cases as well which you know you medical can, malpractice there's a whole additional kind of um, complication to that because you're you're not only working with doctors in terms of the witnesses who are going to talk about your client's injuries but you're suing a doctor and you need to employ the right kind of specialist who, who can say, here's what the standard of care was for that particular treatment. And here's why that doctor didn't do it. And it's a unique area of the law because you're, even when you're thinking ahead about how to try that case, people's attitudes about doctors and hospitals can be an impediment because most people don't want to believe that something like this would ever happen to them. They like to think that they're Dr. Marcus Welby, MD, it would never make a mistake or yeah. that mistakes happen and medicine's complicated. So it's, it's a whole unique kind of area of the law. So we, we kind of cover that whole gamut, but I, I guess a lot of those things are still complementary to each other. I know some lawyers have a narrower focus on just one thing or another, but we found that this still works for us. No, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm a business owner and, and you're a business owner. And I get, you know, that's the one thing, you know, you got to keep thinking is uh, you're an attorney. You went to school to learn the law and to be an attorney and don't get trained on how to run a business. But I, I think what you all are doing makes a lot of business sense. You know, these bigger cases, they're, they're, they're long drawn out. They're difficult. You have to have a bread and butter. You have to have stuff that you can keep the business alive and pay fee- pay your folks, pay your people. So it's... It makes a ton of sense to me. It's similar to kind of how we operate, I would say too. It's a, but you have to have those things that keep the money coming in and keep you employed and keep you busy while you can go after these bigger deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for my company, it's kind of like for us, it's website design. Like we're a marketing company, of course. So websites are the lifeblood of our company because 
we can do that for a lot of folks. But when it's a big, huge, complex marketing kind of strategy with tons of money behind it, it's complicated. It takes a lot of time to, to bring in a client like that. It's a lot of risk and a lot of things going on. So uh, you have to have what's going to keep you afloat and what you can be really good at. Uh, so I think it makes really good business sense. So, and, and to your point, some people get really, really, really focused and they're just the best at that one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're going to be limited on how much they can get of that, that work. So a different question. So you practice, you're in Illinois only. Is that where you practice? Yeah, at this point, yes. What are some of the things that you've done and that you've been successful at these cases and clients in the door? So whether it's, I'm sure it's different for each uh, medical malpractice versus workman's comp, but uh, worker's comp. What have you done that's been successful to get those clients in the door? Well, the first thing I'll say, because it's the truth, is not necessarily some kind of unique insight, but word of mouth is absolutely part of the process and part of what is one of the reasons why we've, yeah. uh, if I think back about the cases that we've settled in the past 12 months, many of them were from that, partly because of other work that we did. You do good work and people tell their friends about it or they tell their family member or whoever. We were fortunate in one case, we had a trial in 2019 complicated medical malpractice trial. It was against the University of Chicago, uh, some doctors at, at that institution. The profile of the woman who's, who, so our client was a daughter of the woman who was getting the medical treatment. Unfortunately, she died as a consequence of that medical treatment. That's, and I'm, it's not just me saying it, the jury decided that. We were fortunate that the, the Chicago Sun-Times actually wrote, ran a story about the woman who was at the center of all that. And people read that story. So things like that can happen sometimes. And that was really, it was a fortunate thing. I mean, not every client wants their story to be told that way. Even if they go to trial, they may not feel like they want to tell it publicly. Our, our client there did. And, and that did actually lead to people calling up and say, hey, I actually read this uh, story and, and saw it in the Sunday paper. And so that was something. But besides that, what I've also found is we try to put a fair amount of content on our website. We've had some assistance with that at times, but also I'll write a short piece or my, my partner, Carolyn Gallagher, will write a short piece. Uh, our, our newest lawyer, Sharif Mahdi, we're going to get him to try to do that a little bit. He just got sworn in in January, so he's got plenty of other things to learn at this stage. But I, <laughs> I just got a call last week, yeah, I think it was last week, from a gentleman who had some questions about what could be another medical malpractice type case. He had searched for a particular legal term, and that was how he found us. It, that term came up from some <laughs> article that I'd put or a posting that I'd put up, I don't, a couple of years ago, three years ago, just it fit with what he was looking for on the internet. So I know that some attorneys can get assistance with that kind of thing. There's companies that will write those pieces for you, but I think it's also valuable to contribute to that yourself. If you have time, it's certainly one yeah. of those where you have to carve out those hours or or that half hour to write a little piece about some legal development in the news or just to explain anything. Because what I guess it's, it's easy for the practitioner to forget sometimes that the simple parts of your day, the things that you consider simple because it's terminology that you're so familiar with, it's still not simple for everyone else. Yeah. Nobody, nobody in their regular life talks about a statute of repose. Why would anybody talk about that in their regular <laughs> life? So if you even wrote a simple article about that, 
and somebody happened to look it up because they were worried that they might have it might be two years past their original injury, but they didn't find out for a while. And there are states that have some exceptions to statute limitations rules, then maybe they find that article and maybe they find you. So that that's and then there's some, you know, there's some other things where you try to get your name out there, lawyer listing websites and things like that. But it's it's I would say that's kind of maybe the the most general description of the array of efforts that we make. Excellent. Well, yeah, I mean, number one, word of mouth and referrals, you just can't beat that yeah. time and time again. That's what I hear from every attorney. I mean, that's the way we we operate as well at our business. As much as we can get to that, the you know, we we try. And then, yeah, the content aspect, I mean, yeah, we do, we believe in SEO, uh, which is what I would call that is content marketing or SEO. Yeah, and the basis for that is what you're doing is writing good content that's going to help someone in their journey to figure out their situation or if they're trying to purchase something or, or hire you. And along the way, if they find you and you help them through that, that piece, uh, now they're exposed to your brand and who else are going to call? They're on your website. Sometimes it might be months or weeks or whatever before they, they pull that trigger. But, but yeah, putting out that content. And yeah, what you know, most people don't know. You know, the general public, it's what they don't know. So it's if you can put out that, that piece in a way they can understand, in a way they might be searching for it, I think that's important too. Because they might not even know the term that you just mentioned to me, but they might be searching something, you know, in that realm, trying to figure out what, what it might mean and end up finding, you know, the answer on your website. So yeah, that's something I think, yeah, every attorney, if they can contribute, uh, but yeah, it's a time, you know, it's a time factor. I looked at your website and I saw that you guys put out one, like one per month, which is really good, but you know, trying to work that into your schedule <laughs> is a really good practice, but it's, you know, it does take time. So exactly. No, excellent. That's, that's awesome. And so what are some of the things that you guys do there to, to manage the pipeline? or pipelines, I guess, uh, for each of the practice areas. They're using a, a software, a management system. What has that been like for y'all? Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Well, yeah, we... Fortunately for us, we had been in a just a basic, simple, let's keep all these files in a server in our office three years ago. But <laughs> I, so I've been, been managing and owning the firm for a little over five years. And I had felt as if it was incumbent upon us to transition over to being in the cloud, digital, paperless, and have a case management system that kept all this stuff in one place and was more intuitive than just creating Word documents or creating PDFs or something like that. So I say fortunately because we did that before March of 2020, which COVID. was very fortunate that we'd already made that transition because being in a big city, it was at the very outset, there were, even though lawyers were considered, I think under Illinois' emergency provisions, we were considered essential employees and therefore, or essential workers and could go to the office. And I mean, they were, if everybody recalls, there were travel restrictions. You weren't even supposed to go anywhere unless you had yeah. an excuse to go somewhere. I don't know how heavily that was enforced, but in theory, you would want people to voluntarily self-enforce because we really didn't know how dangerous COVID-19 was going to be at first. So 
we I could have gone to the office more if I had to, but thankfully I didn't have to. So we had our case management system in the cloud and then we could, just like everybody else, I found out what Zoom was and we could communicate with each other. We should have invested well, in it. <laughs> should have invested in, in Zoom uh, at that well, point. If only, right. And even probably at that moment, because I, I don't know if anybody appreciated just how much it would now become you know, integral to the practice as yeah. I don't, I've only taken one in-person deposition since March of 2020. So, wow. uh, and that's something, you know, we're taking depositions once or twice a week usually. So, yeah. So using that case management system has been very, it's just been a critical thing and it, it just makes the work so much easier. You can work from anywhere and with our staff, it's not a big firm. This way, everybody can still be on the same page with things. Versioning is always a critical issue where you're writing it one version of, of a discovery response or a complaint. You don't need multiple ones flying around in there. The system accounts for that. Those are, and it integrates your email communications and it does all those other things. So that's, that's been a really powerful tool for our practice. What, um, what case management software are you using? It's called Smokeball. Say that again? Smokeball, Smoke one word, S-M-O-K-E. No, I actually heard of that one. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, is it, yeah, is it, it for attorneys specifically? Yes, it is. Okay. I think it's actually a company that started in Australia, but they have a they have a presence in Chicago. They had an office. Well, we were in the loop. We moved our office a little bit outside the city last year, but it's pretty. And I I, I like it because it's pretty intuitive. It nice. has ways that you can kind of uh, once you put a caption in there, you can just start another document with that caption, and it'll pull all your email communication in from Outlook so that it's all integrated in there. And, you know, otherwise you're printing these things and copying them into a file or <laughs> some other really cumbersome thing. And the more email communication was growing, it became obvious that just having letters from opposing counsel in one paper file, it, it worked in 2006, but it wasn't really conducive to uh, run things that way because then you're wasting too much time just moving things around. This way, more of that is automated. Yes, it's interesting. I think we'll look back in a few years, 10 years, and people will be like, you remember when we did it this way? And our kids will be like. No, it will, it'll look like people <laughs> talking about telegraph machines and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I've got, I'm glad you got ahead of the curve and you made those decisions beforehand, not obviously knowing the impact, but you know, kudos to you, you know, as running the firm, you know, making those decisions and, and change is not ever, never easy. You know, you, you want to grow, you want to change and, and implement new things sometimes, but it can be painful. And, but you know, you made the right decision. That's for sure. So yeah, we did. We were good on you. <laughs> so check that out. I guess uh, everyone listening, uh, is it Smokeball? Yes, sir. Not heard of that one. If you're a, an attorney out on your own and you don't have a case management software, check that out. I know there's other ones like Clio and some bigger ones out there, but yep. uh, that one sounds like it's pretty, uh, Pretty cool. Uh, so talking about the uh, firm size and growth, really last question, and uh, we'll let you get back to running your firm, but uh, what size are you all at the moment? And kind of what's, what do you see on the horizon, you know, the next couple of years, what's some of your growth plans or not necessarily by staff, but what's some of the plans for the firm either get more efficient or, or to grow? Yeah, I, I think we do have some potential to grow. The whole year plus of COVID really just kind of threw things off in terms of trying to figure out where where have we been, what do we consist of, and where can we go? Because it's just such a unique event, 
And at least in Cook County, Illinois, which is where 80 something percent of our cases are venued, they didn't restart trials until May of this year. So that, that really put a crimp in our normal pipeline and the, the, the flow of being able to resolve cases. So now we have a bunch of cases that have either would have gone to trial or probably would have settled because a trial date would have been coming up. That's yeah. normalizing. So now there's, a, there's an opportunity to sort of get back to understanding where the normal future projections are going to go. And hopefully there's nothing damaging on the horizon for all of humanity as far as COVID goes, but I suppose nobody knows. But we're, we have been in the position of continuing to acquire more cases. The, it's challenging stuff, and I, keep, I feel as if I'm a glutton for punishment, but the malpractice work sort of, sort of complements itself, and then more people call you about it when they see what the results have been. And we may also be getting into partnering with some bigger firms to work on some mass tort claims. There are just a lot of large-scale product, dangerous product failure cases out there right now that are, it's intriguing. It's an area of the law that we would have to either scale up a little bit or what we're planning on right now is maybe work complementary with uh, some bigger firms that have the manpower to work on those kind of cases and learn a little bit more about them and see sure. how we might get involved in those kind of things because it's just a different way to try to serve people who are looking for help when they have this inexplicable medical outcome and didn't understand why they found the, the horrible diagnosis, but they've, they've been using the CPAP machine for 10 years and nobody ever told them that there could be a problem with it. That's, that's one of the newer ones that people who saw in the news, I think it was early September, they did a full recall. The FDA ins insisted that Phillips take those off the market. So it's things like that. that Sounds like a new article for you. Yeah, probably have to get the word out a little bit more. I think lots of people have been, but we're getting interested in that sort of thing as well. That's excellent. I think, you know, instead of hindering growth, you know, partner with others, uh, you know, kind of do what you got to do to, you know, if you get those cases in the door or inquiries, right, that, that you have some way to pursue them. I think that's a good idea. And um, then learn from some bigger firms. And I assume you said like a, some kind of referral fees or something like that up to where you're working with some other firm. Yeah, I mean, because they, they would have the expertise in having handled 100 cases at a time or 1,000 cases at a time. Yeah. There's, we're three lawyers for now, uh, but, you know, then I'm sure part of that economy of scale is having multiple levels, multiple paralegals and assistants yep. and kind Associates. of cleaning that up because the, this, the, the ultimately the cases are very similar. They would all fall into a batch of uh, commonality, but but you still have to be able to handle the volume properly. I think it's great. I love your plans for that. And, you know, hopefully things go well, COVID takes the high road and gets out of here. And, you know, you just, you don't know, but uh, all you can do is kind of plan for the best or I guess uh, plan for growth and plan for the worst, but you know, we'll just have to take it one day at a time. So, <laughs> but uh, it sounds like what you've done so far has been amazing and really made the right decisions and protecting what you guys have. And you're able to work remote if you need to now and, and things have gotten a little more efficient, hopefully for you. So I'm glad to hear things back uh, coming back to a little bit to normal. Well, hopefully we'll see this uh, fall and winter, how things go and hope for the best. So Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lucky thing to be able to try to help people. That's where we're at. That's kind of, if you don't want to do that, you wouldn't get into the personal injury part of the law because it's a very individual, human, personal interaction. You're working with one person and we're lucky to be able to do it. And I think we're 
we will continue to strive to do it well. Well, kudos to you and good luck, all the best and continuing and uh, growing your practice and helping people out. So uh, everyone watching again, uh, website, Dwyer and Coogan.com. If you want to check out uh, Jim's firm and what he's up to, if you're an attorney that has, maybe there's a return for referral opportunities. Uh, I'm sure he's also, as they're going to be growing, I think looking for talented people to bring on board too. So uh, stay in touch with Jim, check him out. Is there another way that people could reach out and connect with you if they wanted to on a personal level? Yeah, I mean, I've got personal LinkedIn, life. or is there any social networks that you personally you can stay find on me top on LinkedIn. of? I've got my own Twitter handle. I think it's, geez, I should know. Coogan <laughs> one or something like that. But there's a firm, I think Dw at Dwyer Coogan is actually our firm's Twitter handle. You can certainly find us there. And if you send a message, I'd see it. LinkedIn profile, easy to search for. Just, I'm sure if you type in Coogan or T James Coogan, there shouldn't be yeah, too James. many other ones out there. And yeah, I mean, obviously, if you look at the website, my email is right there, jcoogan at dwyercoogan.com. If I have anything that somebody felt they wanted to ask some questions about, I'm always happy to share any knowledge, any experience. I don't know if I would call it wisdom, but if it, if it helps somebody, then I'm I happy to do it. I appreciate that. I, I know I think I'm excited and blessed to be able to do this show. And, you know, I'm happy to say that out of 140 or more this year of interviews like this, uh, every attorney is the same, open, willing to share, clearly there to help people. So I, I think, you know, for the general public, right, not a, not attorneys, you know, people think oh, attorneys are bad or they charge you tons of money or whatever. I mean, every single one I've ever talked to is, is willing to help, uh, answer questions, and uh, is there to help people. So glad to, glad to know that. I know that we got insider knowledge, I guess, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and just uh, willingness to help people. So Kevin, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was nice to talk with you today. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, well, stay on with me for just a second. Uh, everyone listening, watching, wherever you're coming from, we'll be up on, this will be on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and on our podcast here soon, but check out Jim's episode. It'll be up uh, very soon on our website as also will be on YouTube and other places, but It'll be on the website. He'll have his own page featuring him, arraylaw.com for such podcast. So check that out soon. If you need help growing your firm, running that content, the stuff that like Jim's doing, writing those articles that drive people to his website, we help do that. Reach out to us, arraylaw.com. And I'm happy to answer your questions. Just like Jim is willing to help. I'm willing to help anything you need. You can be a attorney that started yesterday or been in business for a hundred years. Um, I'll do my best to help you. So that's it, Jim. Thanks so much for joining me and uh, everyone else. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin.